When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. You put in five bucks on any of these NBA games, you get $150 in free plays. You just got to be a new customer. All right. Now, joined by all time U of A great five time Super Bowl starter, Mr. Glenn Parker. How you doing, Glenn? I'm fantastic, Mike. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing today? Of course. Great, great. All right. You know, a year ago at this time, um, there was a lot of questions. You know, Jed Fish was doing everything right, but it seemed like there had been a little bit of a disengaged um, alumni base, a little bit of a fan base. A year in, what are your initial, what are your thoughts just kind of on Jed Fish and how he's gone about doing everything? Well, Jed's been really good. Um, well, first off, saying and doing all the right things as a head coach coming in where no one knows you. That's number one. Right. He's done that well. Um, number two, he's he put together a good staff for his initial staff. Now things will change. Things have already started changing, um, so that you know that was good. Uh, his uh, his involvement and embrace of the football alumni was huge from the very get go. Zoom meetings with us once a, you know every three weeks, four weeks, answering questions. There's a coach on every month talking to the guys. Uh, he, he laid it out before, right when he got here, he laid out his recruiting strategy, which so many of us wanted to hear, because as you remember back when, when the Cats were at their best, um, that's, we're talking the 80s into the, all through the 90s, they recruited, they always sought to win Arizona, they always sought every player out of the, out of the Southern Cal, Inland Empire, San Diego, Los Angeles, Orange County they could get. And then if there was someone that was interested from somewhere else, they got him. You know, I look at like the Singleton twins, you know, the first right. rounder. You know, they were from I think Parsippany, New York, or or the Hunleys from Virginia. They found those guys that were interested and wanted to come, but they didn't pursue needlessly guys they probably weren't gonna get. And we haven't had that for you know, we haven't had that for a long time. And now in comes in comes Jet Fish and it's Hey, we're gonna win. We're gonna win Tucson. We're gonna win Arizona. We're gonna recruit California, and there's gonna be some occasional going east. I was like, okay. He obviously had heard all the problems that alumni were having because, um, you know, when you get guy coaches from back east, coaches from the Big Twelve, 
all they know is Texas, 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 and maybe some Florida. Right. And yet, if you look at the SEC, those teams in the SEC all have guys from California. I mean, most of their rosters are made up of it's kind of you know widespread. But you look at Alabama, the amount of California kids they have on it. They've seen the the they've seen what happens those teams when other when local D ones don't go in and they started taking over and now it's hard to get that back. Now what happened again? I thought you made a great point. You brought up you know the uh, Dick Tomey era. Dick Tomey, you know, obviously he his template a lot of Glenn Parkers, a lot of late bloomers, overlooked guys. You know that uh, he looked at and said I can mold this, but he also was able to bring in very highly thought of local guys. Now, again, some panned out, some didn't, but just look at, you know, a Michael Bates was a five-star first team parade, all American, a, you know, a Mike Chaska from Saguaro obviously didn't pan out, but a first team parade, all American. It seems that in the last couple coaching staffs before fish, that the equivalent of those players weren't even giving Arizona a look. What is the, what was the disconnect from kind of your era to what's happened 25 years later, 30 years later. All right. So, you know, the the five-star guys are always going to be five-star guys. You know, they didn't even have that star ranking man right. back in the day. So it, it was a lot harder for coaches to evaluate. They, did, they had to do more of their homework evaluating. Right. The real thing is this. Back up until, you know, Dick Tomey left, it was win now or get fired. You know, it was never win now or get fired the way it is now. A coach come, came in, as long as he was liked by the players, the fans were in the stands and they were improving. Well, then that coach stayed and he knew he could develop players. So you could look at those local guys and go, okay, well, we don't know what they're really going to be like versus these guys, but we have time to develop them. So in the star system world, it's you like Arizona, it makes no sense for Arizona to go and recruit five stars. Right. Unless you already have some on the roster, which we didn't now. Now, Jed Fish has done a good job. He's gone out and gotten some pretty good guys. But it always made more sense if you were a Stoops or Rich Rod to go after the guys that are two or three stars, but they're the guy that's a two or three star tight end who could be a five star tackle. Right. He's just a little slow for tight end or whatever. A John Fina type. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a perfect example of John. Undersized, tackle, athletic, you know. But undersized. Well, he, he will give him three or four years to fill out. Let's see what happens. And he did. You know, that's that's the thing coaches used to do. And that's why you're seeing so many players coming out of your your FCS level now, particularly when it comes to offensive linemen. Because those are the guys that are gonna play in the NFL. The guy that's a fat, you know, he's a he's a fast kid in high school, but he's a little slow to be the tight end at your level. You know, you give them right. three years and you get 30 pounds on him, all of a sudden he's a he's an all-conference tackle. You know, there's not very few guys in all of the United States. There's probably about five kids that are tall enough and heavy enough and good enough coming out to play at the D1, the high power five level. And Alabama and Clemson, they're getting them. No one else. Right. The other kids that come in weighing 300 pounds or 320 are underdeveloped, kind of fatter guys, maybe a little slow. Maybe they've got speed, but they just have more fat. They're going to end up getting hurt, and you're going to load, you're going to cost you a scholarship, right? And have time to develop, but you don't have time to develop. You got to get them on the field because it's win now or get fired. So that's the big change. It used to be about development of players, knowing that you wanted them for the last two years of their career, not the first three, 
And now it's what can they do for me right now or I'm getting fired. What do you, Glenn, what do you want to see from the quarterback position this year? Obviously, it was kind of a revolving door this past year. uh, Jed Fish brings in a Jaden Delora, you know, previous Pac-12 freshman of the year. You got a Noah Fafita, who has certainly, uh, you know, raised some eyebrows. Jordan McLeod's back. What is Glenn Parker looking at from the quarterback position this coming year and year two of the Fish reign? Consistency and lack of turnovers. That's all it is. You know, get get a kid to be a game manager for you first and not screw things up, and then we can start looking at how great they can play. Until then, though, you know, you look at last year, what do we have, four takeaways and 23 or four giveaways? That's that You can't win at any level doing that. And so the consistency of not turning the ball over, whether it be the quarterback position or any other position, you just can't give it up. So the quarterback, first and foremost, has to be a manager. He's got to be consistent. He's got to be a leader. He doesn't have to be the best player on the team or on the field at that time. Now, if you get a kid who can be that and you let him take his time into that role, that's when you get special quarterbacks. Now, looking at Arizona this coming year, obviously, again, talking year two, in the Pac-12 South, ASU is obviously a dumpster fire right now. USC figures to be good, you know, with Lincoln Riley coming in. But from just a win, well, from a win-loss perspective, or just from what you see on the field, what will you know if you're see you're seeing progress? Will it just be like you said, a lack of mistakes to stop beating yourself, staying competitive? What will you, how will you know that progress is being made on the field? Well, I'll tell you, I thought they were competitive in almost every game right. last year. But for the most part, they were they were competitive up until they were just outmanned or out or tired by the end of the game. Uh, I, I look for this, you know. Fans who think we're all of a sudden going to win eight games, I, I I would love to caution them, and I you know because I understand how hard it is to win in college. I've been on stabs, I've been around it a long time. It's tough to build a football team. It's so much easier to build any other sport but football. And adding in the transfer portal and all that, you know, it gets worse. But I you know if I see consistency at the quarterback play, a lack of turnovers, and competitiveness, I I think we've improved. Now, is it going to translate to wins? Listen, we have an incredibly tough schedule this year. Right. Uh, I, I tell people two wins is realistic. Three to four wins is o- over the moon. We What an improvement. Fans don't like to hear that, but I would defy you to find wins. You can find toss-ups, and maybe those are the games we pick. But, but just playing wins on that schedule, I don't see any. You, uh, you're an interesting guy, obviously, because you were a late bloomer, uh, didn't play high school football, obviously go to junior college and, you know, really, really establish yourself. But as from Arizona, what is the selling point? If Glenn Parker's on the recruiting staff, what is Glenn Parker selling Arizona football on right now, moving forward the next two, three, four years as to being part of something big? Well, obviously, we've proved that we can play at the highest level. Um, it can be done here. It was done in the 80s, done in the 90s. Uh, it was done almost, you know, somewhat into the 2000s with both Stoops and Rich Rod. We can turn out NFL players. It hasn't happened recently, but we are going back to what we were. We have to get these guys, and you're one of those guys. So we can turn out NFL guys. Um, I would tout those things. I would tout my, my staff. My staff has – years and years of NFL experience compared to most. And that that sells in the in the um, living rooms. I would stress my recruiting to the south southern part of California and Arizona and hey mom, dad, you're you're a, a five to six hour car ride away. You can come and you know, J- little Johnny's not gonna be 
you know, I'm going to be his dad while he's here, but he's not going to be so far away. That you got to take a flight and you got to get, you got to fi- figure out how you're going to afford all this, you know, right. Here's the place. Right. If I'm then the flip side of this, if I'm looking, if I got some kid interested from back East, I'm saying, throw away your winter clothes, just get down here. Right. Now, defensively then, before uh, before we let you go, Don Brown last year, it certainly was an improved defense from previous years. He's moved on, obviously. Um, What did you think of year one with Don Brown? What are you looking for in year two from the Johnny Nansen regime? So year one, Don Brown, I knew him, um, obviously, Mm -hmm. Dr. Sack, Dr. Dr. Blitz. He was going to bring him to the house, and he always did. Right. Kids love, they feed into that, because they all feel they're going to get a chance to to get a big play. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Nance. And I, I look, um, it was an odd hire. He's never been a coordinator, I don't believe. But you know what? Until you're a coordinator, you've never been a coordinator. So I right. think he's going to, you know, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how he comes out. Um, I don't want to make any pre and, or snap judgments based on what I don't know. So I'm kind of excited to see what happens during uh, fall camp and going into this year. And as I said, as, as Jed's, his, his staff is going to mature. Their recruiting is going to mature. Who they are, their vision, and what and who, their personality as a program, their you know the the character and all that that's going to mature. All those things are going to happen. It's just will he get the time? Will he get the years needed to develop the winning attitude and the winners and the recruiting base that he needs? That's oh. the problem in college football today. Two-part uh, two question here, and then we'll uh, let you sign off. And again, I can't thank you enough for your time. Why Why has it been, you mentioned recruiting in-state. Why has it been so difficult for Arizona and ASU to be able to keep the good players home, specifically the ones in Phoenix? Obviously, they you know the kids at South Point have uh, moved on as well. And is there a possibility that if Arizona keeps winning and the fact that ASU is obviously encounters some struggles, that maybe you can get a foothold in there? So, yes, we can get a foothold. I think this is the, the problem um, that, that happened. We The two schools owned Arizona up until the mid to late 90s, with the exception of maybe a couple of quarterbacks or whatever that went somewhere else. Right. But when – I don't remember who it was at ASU, but at they brought – when Stoops got here – well, actually, uh, before him even, um, uh, Makovic and then Stoops mm-hmm. – Here's a perfect example of a kid who got away. And a lot of people want to say, okay, it's Chris O'Dowd at at South Point because he went to USC. Well, Chris O'Dowd was looking to get out. Right. But another kid around that same same time that wanted in, and one of the Stoops recruiting guys basically said, we don't have to recruit guys like that anymore. We're better than us. And that was uh, Blake Martinez. And he's only the leading tackler in the NFL to this day. I mean, it's – so the, when things like that start happening and you, you get people in that don't respect, and I will tell you right now, with my own son's recruiting, people I knew back, he said, well, gee, that's bad football. Now, that bad football on any given field had three or four D1 kids running around, but because right. it wasn't their local football, they thought it was bad. Right. So they didn't recruit. I mean, I'll tell you, Stoops didn't recruit locally that much. Neither did Rich Rod Harley at all. Tomlin right. um, did nothing. He didn't look at the local high schools. He, I mean, he barely gave lip service to Bijan Robinson and Lathan Ransom, and and never came up to Foothills or Pueblo or any other places. I know coaches that never showed up, never was around. I always felt too that it was really indicative of a bigger problem when you've also got John Fina's kid who is at South Point, 
who has been offered by USC and UCLA and then Arizona, it seems like comes in with a token offer. That to me, Glenn, is just malfeasance. Oh, it, it is. It, that's the problem. And that's what I say. There's an arrogance to not being a Tucson guy. Oh, uh, Tucson football sucks. Phoenix football sucks. And then all of a sudden, Sorrow or one of those teams beats a beats some big school back east, and they want to start looking at these kids. A perfect example is I have a friend whose son I brought to the staff. I said, hey, we got to look at this kid. He's interested. It's my oldest friend in the world. It's his son. He was a running back, safety linebacker in high school. Mm-hmm. One guy on the staff said, I'd give him a scholarship right now. The other, the other guys and the head coach all said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he'd play. Who's he have offers from? None. I'm giving you a chance to be first. Now, three weeks later, they asked me again, hey, let's revisit that kid. I said, too late. They said, what do you mean? I said, he's got offers at Notre Dame, Stanford, USC, Arizona State. I started naming, you know, right. Alabama, all that. I go, you could have been first. And the biggest problem that happens in college football recruiting right now is guys don't trust themselves. They don't trust their own recruiting, their own evaluations. They always want to know how many offers does he have? Who's he got offers from? Can you not look at a kid and tell me he can play? And if you can't, then you're never going to be able to coach these kids. And isn't that your job? That's your job, but they don't do it. It's the problem also you're seeing in the NFL, by the way. The scouts are the same way. The older scouts all know their guys. The younger scouts always coming out and say, "Who, uh, who does this guy remind you of? So they can put something in a report that sounds halfway knowledgeable because they right. didn't play the game. They weren't, they've never coached the game or played the game. They're just a numbers guy. They're, they're putting in numbers. So that's what happens with these coaches. They've come to rely on the star system and come to rely on other schools offering so that they don't look bad to their fan base. If they offer a kid that doesn't have any other offers. Okay. He's Glenn Parker again, five-time Super Bowl champ, or excuse me, five-time Super Bowl starter. One of the best linemen to ever come out of the U of A. Glenn, again, you're a beast. I can't thank you enough, my man. Appreciate it. I appreciate you, Mike. Thanks, man. Anytime. You know that. I'll talk to you soon. There's Glenn Parker again, Arizona Wildcat. Great. Thanks again. All right. Now let's talk and let's break down a little bit of what Glenn said. But first, obviously, got to pay the bills. DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal. Put in five bucks, get $150 in free plays on these NBA games. Here's the kick. 21 and up, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's the place you go. They'll get you all taken care of. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Glenn, as always, is a great interview for a multitude of reasons. First and foremost, first and foremost, because he says what he feels. He's not beholden to anybody. And I thought that he made some very, very good points about how when you're in a place like Arizona, first, you got to work. Second of all, you've got to be able to trust your vision right there. And if you've got coaches, if you've got players that don't recruit, or excuse me, coaches that don't recruit here, it's just, it's just not going to work. You've got a vision that you can sell because again, Arizona has been successful when Glenn was playing before that, after that, the eighties, the nineties, Arizona football was nothing to, uh, you know, to take lightly. And that's what you've got to be able to get back to. And the fact is too, that Jed fish gets a a sign of approval from Glenn Parker is a big, big deal because if Glenn wasn't, uh, Glenn wasn't in on Jed fish, he would also just say it. That's the kind of guy Glenn is. And that's why we had him on the show. All right. I want to kind of move around here a little bit because a lot of stuff happened this weekend. We're going to talk a little baseball right here. Arizona baseball has been obviously it's been an up and down season, a little bit of mercurial stuff going on. But big, uh, you, you win a series against Oregon State, which has the number one RPI in the nation. 
Arizona baseball is, again, about as up and down an entity as you're going to find in the country. But they're also a team that once the uh, once the uh, excuse me, once the playoffs start, Arizona baseball is going to be in it and they're going to be about as good as anybody. They're going to have much as good about as good a chance as anybody because they seem to play up to their competition. Now, a lot of people are wondering why isn't why aren't they playing better Um, again? It's a different roster. People need to remember this. It's a different roster. Chip Hale is in it for the first or here for the first time. New coach, obviously. So just give the guys, give the guy a little bit of time. He knows what he's doing. And I think you could certainly see the upside potential right there that is going on there with Arizona baseball. All right. Now let's talk some athletic greens. Athletic greens is something that um, you know. If you want to get into shape and you want to be healthy about it, this is where you would go. Athletic Greens is it's a no-brainer because it's a nutritional supplement. I've taken it. It's got over 7,000 five-star reviews. It costs you less than $3 per day, plus you're investing in your health. That's where you want to be. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply, a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash sons, or excuse me, again, this is athleticgreens.com forward slash sons to take ownership over your health and pick up your ultimate daily nutritional assurances. All right. Said we're going to wrap up some loose ends. Wanted to talk about this a little bit. We talked about Courtney Ramey before. Um, a lot of people asking me, you know, what's the deal with Courtney Ramey? What can he do for the U of A? Just so you know, just so you know, he is a guy that can play at a very, a very high level. He's done it at Texas. But what's more so than anything is he's not going to be a 35-point-per-game guy. He's not going to be a 25-point-per-game guy. He gives you some athleticism. He gives you some quickness right there that Arizona just doesn't have in the backcourt. So if you can get him, that's a really nice addition. Again, not a game-changer, but a really nice addition. And, again, Tommy Lloyd isn't just handing out handing out offers here. He's handing out offers to guys that he think – that he thinks can play. He's recruiting guys that he thinks can play. And again, FAO Bagidi, another guy like that from Washington state. He would be a game changer on the back end. If Arizona was able to get him, he would fit in very nicely there because he's a guy that quite frankly, Arizona doesn't really have right now. So between there's going to be a lot of movement here in the coming weeks. Dalen Terry, again, I would imagine is coming back. We'll know more there. He's obviously impressed some scouts. I'd still imagine he comes back. But again, we'll keep you up to the loop on that. And again, we're going to be talking a little bit of Arizona women's basketball tomorrow with Brad Alice as well. Talk about the transformation of the Arizona women's basketball team and how we're looking at a possible top 10 entity, a top 10 entity that you would bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Know the drill. Put in five bucks, get $150 in free plays if you are a new customer. Again, um, big, big stuff coming up tomorrow. Brad's coming on. We're working on a special guest for Wednesday as well. But I can't thank Glenn Parker enough. Glenn is the absolute man. We will have him on again. But for uh, Glenn Parker, I'm Mike Luke. We'll be back with you tomorrow on the AZ Wildcats podcast.